0: Technically speaking.
1: Welcome to our Technically Untechnical Technology Talk.
0: A Nywick Atlantic production.
1: I'm Chelsea, the Nywick Atlantic audiovisual specialist and lover of current events.
0: And I'm Alex, part of the media engagement team and a lover of history. Alex, why do you like history? I love history because it shows us what has happened in the past, but it's also becoming current again. So it's really neat to sort of relive what has happened in history.
1: Exactly, I start every morning off with the news That's my current events Just trying to trying to stay up to date on everything going on Which eventually becomes history, like you said So you love history, I love current events Let's combine them, Alex Because it is Black History Month And we are currently up to some amazing things In support of diversity here at NYWIC Atlantic
0: Sounds good Coming up, we've got a great show ahead Dedicated entirely to inclusion at NYWIC Atlantic Get comfy, turn up the volume, and let's get started
1: so Alex, I sat down recently with Sean Frazier and Gerald Walker over teams. Both have a role to play in Nowak Atlantic's initiative to sign more educational partnership agreements or EPAs with HBCUs or historically black colleges and universities. So Sean is a Nowak Atlantic IT specialist in the STEM HBCU lead. And Gerald is a Nowak Atlantic scientist and the Mid-Atlantic Tech Bridge liaison for EPAs. So I asked them both to share why Nowak Atlantic is focusing efforts on the partnership with HBCUs, and Gerald starts with this answer:
2: The approach that the Navy is taking now is is focused on innovation, and uh, part of the innovation. Uh, pipeline is to expand into areas that you haven't been to before, you know, and look at things in a different perspective, source ideas from communities that you previously may not have uh, uh, engaged with before. And HBCUs are the uh, perfect grounds for uh, meeting all of those goals. And there's so much talent and scholarship and research being done at these institutions that the, the Navy and DOD as a whole have not fully leveraged. So it's it's a mutually beneficial uh, arrangement that NYWIC has, has really uh, stepped to the forefront in, in trying to uh, leverage and, and, and be a strong partner with.
1: But tell me a little bit more about how that's going to end up helping our technology and helping the warfighter.
2: I can tell you my perspective on this.
1: That's what we want to hear.
2: <laughs> you might not want to take this as gospel, but this is my perspective. So there's there's a lot of um, ethical and and, and moral uh, uh, reasons to be engaged with HBCUs as well as other minority-serving institutions. Uh, but primarily for me, it's because you know we're we're in a competition, a global competition, and if we're not. Mm-hmm. Utilizing and sourcing the best and brightest from all of our students, our entire academic community, then we're putting ourselves at a global disadvantage. And the diversity from which we are able to draw in this nation really is unparalleled on the global scale and gives us that advantage on the world stage
1: to think of America as this melting pot, right, with a bunch, a very diverse uh, population. And we need to tap into that for all the reasons that you mentioned, Gerald. So thank you. And Sean, do you have anything you want to add about that?
3: Yes, just to add uh, just a little bit. I think what's important with this initiative here at um, NYWIC with partnerships of HBCUs, it, it, it plays into... Our uh, execution plan of cultivating a, a, a winning team, because ultimately, when those students are able to engage in research, when those students are in, uh, able to engage in whatever projects that uh, that they become acquainted with as a result of being a part of us here at Nyack, then at that point, uh, we are championing what we what we talk about when we say you know about having a diverse workforce. Th- those students and faculty members then are able to uh, add, as we say, a different perspective, but that is huge.
2: And part of the commands initiative is to kind of bring that awareness. Like this, this is mm-hmm. something that it, it's not a charity event. It's not something that we're doing um, just to help the schools or help those students. This is a mutually beneficial arrangement that's going yes. to make the command stronger moving forward.
1: And that's what we like a strong command a strong team to create innovative information warfare solutions briefly could each of you describe your role in creating these partnerships. And Sean, could you go first?
3: Sure. So my role as first and foremost, I am the Hampton Roads STEM lead. And part of that role is that I am also the HBCU intern program manager. So my role with the EPA's is trying to bring universities on board. So therefore, we can have a mutual relationship. We could share resources and leverage uh, those resources uh, and talents on both sides.
2: And Gerald, what is your role? In terms of the HBCUs and EPAs, I'm the EPA liaison to Hampton University, uh, which is also my alma mater.
1: And you're involved with the Mid-Atlantic Tech Bridge to help also liaison between EPA opportunities. Is that correct?
2: That is correct. So with the Mid-Atlantic Tech Bridge, uh, my role is to work with ONR Naval X to develop and HBCU engagement strategy and EPAs are a part of that strategy. Uh, actually, a big part of that strategy, uh, not just establishing EPAs with between other warfare centers and uh, universities, but also to look at the effectiveness of existing EPAs. Uh, An EPA is a physical document uh, that that describes the nature of the relationship uh, between the warfare center and the university but it's only effective if you have people who are committed to enabling uh that 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 the tenets of that document fortunately um with the emphasis that's been put with nywick atlantic uh, we're very active with our epas and in, in looking for mutually beneficial opportunities the liaison for an EPA is responsible for enabling that document and making those connections.
1: Okay, great. So you guys are both wearing a lot of hats that basically put you in the center of creating connections. That's what it sounds like. You're involved in a lot of NIWIC Atlantic entities that create the connections we need to have these partnerships and this initiative to focus on HBCUs.
2: Absolutely. absolutely.
1: So what um, HBCU partnerships have we explored or signed? Where are we at with them?
3: So currently, Chelsea, we have two active EPAs. One is in South Carolina with Benedict College, and the other EPA is up here in the Hampton Roads area uh, at Hampton University. Currently, we are in work with norfolk state university here in in the hampton roads area so we're in work with that one
1: well it sounds like you guys are doing a lot of great work and i want to say thank you so much for coming on and explaining your role and the benefits of this initiative for hbcu epas here at nywick atlantic
2: thank you chelsea thank
3: you as well
1: So offline, after we chatted, both Sean and Gerald made a point of saying that none of this could have been accomplished without the support of leadership and senior leadership. They helped allow this initiative to move forward.
0: That's right. Leadership is so important. It's great to hear these successes of the HBCU and EPA partnership here at NYWAC Atlantic.
1: It really is great and more to come. Speaking of
0: leadership, I talked with Claire Commodore Wheeler, an engineer here at NIWIC Atlantic, about when she received the Federal Agency Leadership Award at the Black Engineer of the Year Awards Conference. Let's take a listen to see what she had to say.
4: My peers and co-workers took the time to write a nomination. And for those of us who write awards, we know that is not like a five-minute task. So they they thought enough about me and took the time to do that. So that in itself is phenomenal and it speaks to my heart. So now to actually go on and win on behalf of the Navy this this new award they have put together, uh, recognizing uh, federal leadership means a lot. It means all the, the work that me and my team have done over the past couple of years, it it actually matters and and it actually has affected our current workforce. It has made people's lives better. It is going to affect our future workforce, and so that that all in itself makes me feel like anything is possible, and I'm ready to go on and do some more good work.
0: That's really good to hear. I know that you're involved in STEM also outside of the workforce and do a lot of the. STEM activities in the community, why is it necessary to teach STEM to the next generation, including your family?
4: So I absolutely love teaching STEM in the community, and I think it's important for several reasons. Uh, For number one, I feel like representation matters, right? Um, I didn't grow up knowing anyone in technology, and it kind of scared me a, a little bit to go into engineering because I didn't know what I didn't see, and it took you know, a lot of mentors and family to encourage me to continue to move forward in engineering because I, I just, I didn't know what that meant. So we, with me having that background, I know that representation matters if someone were to see someone that they can relate to in whatever form of fashion that is, but how the way they look, the way they act, you know, whatever they represent for them, you know, that could inspire them to do, you know, like the hard thing the think they do not want to do, or that they can do, what I should say. Um, so I feel like representation matters. I feel like uh, we learn a lot when we go out to in the community. These kids have, much smarter and and have so much more access than what we had when we were growing up and the ideas that they have and the way they think is is inspiring. Um, You you might feel a little stagnant in your job. And when you talk to these kids and they have all these big ideas, it inspires you to want to do more uh, for yourself and for them because you know that they are coming up behind you to do even um even more stuff and make sure it's more appreciative of the different personalities that people have and um, know that they can make a difference based on their diversity of thought. Another reason would be is that once again, kids are watching you and if you're gonna represent something, you're gonna give back, then that's gonna teach them that, you know, hey, when the time arises That I should feel like, you know, I want to get back. I know how I felt when that person came to the career fair or that one, this person made puppets or the water guns, all the fun stuff that we do. You know, they're going to want to do that stuff for other people. We're all just one big community and everyone needs mentors, uh, whether they're, you know, older, younger, it, it doesn't matter. We all rely on one another. So I think that's why being involved in STEM events is important.
0: That's excellent. I completely agree with you. And it's great to see that Nilek Atlantic is helping create that energy and, and bringing along the next generation to become the next scientists and engineers. You know, at Nilek Atlantic, we are here to make sure that we provide the necessary tools to the warfighter. How important is it to be able to have a diverse and equitable workforce to provide those demands to to the warfighter?
4: I think that is a very important part of the workforce, the DEI work that we do. You need to have we always say you need to have diversity in thought, but we actually need to put that in action, right? Because as we are supporting the warfighter, um, they have different needs you know, based on different backgrounds. And we're learning to appreciate that because if we learn to appreciate people's um, backgrounds and, and their different thoughts and where they, they come from, then then they feel like they matter. Um, when people can show up being their, their true authentic self, they give their best version of themselves. This, they have no choice but to come up with great products great teams and build sustainable, you know, work life. We always talk about work-life balance and that's definitely a part of it is creating this family here at work where we can, we can be different. We can fuss and fight, you know, but we all looking at, we're all feeling appreciated based on our thoughts and come back together at the end of the day and putting together a product that will work for our, our warfighter
0: Everybody comes together to make it happen. I really like that. Is there anything else you'd like to add?
4: One thing I think I would like to add that's speaking to me is that for you know all those people who may be listening that may suffer from imposter syndrome, you, know, you are not alone, right? No matter wh- where you are, what I'm learning, no matter where you are, what you do, you may suffer from a little bit of imposter syndrome. And I know it's very stereotypical to say if I can do it, you can do it. But this is actually true. The world is waiting for you to step into your element and share your talents. It has been quite a journey for me to kind of get over that. And it still comes up, right? I don't think you're ever fully cured. The more you do, the more you have a little bit of angst of am I doing the right thing? You know, but I feel like everyone should just, you know, trust your gut, you know, be able to steer your course differently if things don't go, you know, the way you envision. But don't be fearful if you feel if you're coming into something with true intentions and wanting to help others and want to do the right thing. I say, you know, go for it. And you just never know what will happen. So, you know, trust your gut, try to do the right thing, tap into your strengths and try to shoo away the doubts so you can be your, great, your greatest best self. Feel empowered. I will say that.
0: That's excellent. What a way to end the interview. Thank you so much, Claire, providing that insight and giving us the opportunity to highlight the importance of what we all can do and what we all can become. Thanks again and congratulations to you on your award and thanks for joining us on Technically Speaking.
4: Thank you so much,
1: Alex. This was fun. Thank you for the invitation.
4: She is
0: very
1: impressive. Is this the first time she's received this award?
0: It's the first time she received the award, but it's also the first time this award has been offered. It's exciting to see that someone from Nilek Atlantic has received this recognition.
1: Yes, very exciting and very proud to be a part of that. If you're an avid listener, you know now is when we usually list our command's accomplishments for the month. But this time, we're mixing it up. And we have a special performance from a special guest.
0: Let's listen to a poem written and read by Nowak Atlantic engineer Amanda Patterson Womble titled Teal Hairbrush.
5: Teal Hairbrush. I bought my son a teal colored hairbrush. So if he is stopped, when he is stopped, again, prayerfully, no one will shoot my son, saying his hairbrush was a gun. I don't have to call him with panic to say, make sure your brush isn't on your seat, and don't forget to never let your hands meet. Keep them visible, and if they want the registration, don't reach. Come home alive, we'll talk, we'll deal with it then." Don't pay the price with your life for another man's sin. Reminding my sons constantly when they were young with their friends, you are the odd man out. Don't let yourself doubt. Yes, love everyone and treat them right, but do not expect that to be your plight. Dream the dream and pray at night. Walk straight and tall because your rope is tight. Do young men run fearful of what would happen when they're stopped? Dying in a wreck, trying not to be caught. My grandfather, too, died by their hand because he spoke and said, I am a man. They choked those words from him, strangling him by his tie. For nine months he suffered before he died. How, do they ask, could five black men let killing another be their sin? For 400 years they've been conditioned this way, being taught he's not a man, led to this day. They thought they needed fear, a penalty to pay, not a price for his life has always been the way. A brother, son, father, and uncle, cousin, friend. All these things, yes, but first a man. Yes, I cry, I cry, I cry for him. I am his mother, he is my son, my cousin, my brother. Why, they ask, is our blood pressure high? Say it's the meat that we eat, but that is a lie. It's the tension we carry day to day as we work, live, and walk, making our way. Fight or flight should be what we occasionally feel, but in our heads, it's a never-ending reel. It makes you answer the phone with the words, what's wrong? Are you okay? Instead of simply, how's your day? Not of order this is written to get pity for me, but to give you a glimpse of the world as I see So I bought a teal hairbrush for my son, you see, as a safety mechanism built in for me. I have one less reminder as he walks out the door to give him, as I try to ensure I'll see him again. I constantly think and strive for ways today to keep him alive. It's really not in my power. So I continually pray that the hearts of men change. And see him the way, the way Mamie saw Emmett, Sabrina saw Trayvon, Wanda saw Ahmad, Samaria saw Tamir, and Ruvan saw Tyree. To see him the way you would if you were me.
0: That's a really powerful poem by Amanda. Very heartfelt and describes what I'm sure many mothers and families are thinking about each day.
1: And creative. I thought it was a very creative way for her to depict, you know, the hardships and how she wants to protect her son And what seems very simple, yet very powerful yeah. message of just this hairbrush that is teal.
0: Yeah, one simple item can be mistaken for something else, and it just it can change someone's life in an instant. So
1: exactly, really
0: grateful for her sharing that with us.
1: Me too. I'm very, very grateful for that. So we're going to switch things up now. What was once our technical tip is now our technical tidbit. We're expanding our horizons.
0: This week's technical tidbit is a fun fact. Not really that technical. Chelsea, did you know a black man invented something that saves everyone's lives multiple times a day? Any guesses on what that is?
1: That sounds extremely important, but nope, I have no idea.
0: It was the three-light traffic signal invented by Garrett Morgan in 1923. With only an elementary school education, Mr. Morgan, a son of an enslaved parent, came up with several other inventions, including an improved sewing machine and the gas mask. However, the most important invention was the improved traffic light. Morgan's was one of the first three light systems that were invented in the 1920s, resulting in widespread adoption of the traffic lights we take for granted today. And I think some people still take advantage of the traffic light today.
1: They do. They don't like to pay attention into those lights and it drives me crazy so that's an extremely important invention and yes mr garrett morgan a black man from an enslaved parents invented it so that's very important to know and thank you for sharing alex you're welcome all right so we are coming to a close and as always to stay up to date on everything navic atlantic has accomplished check out our social medias under navwar or our navic atlantic website links are in the description
0: that wraps up another episode thanks for listening If you have a tip or story that you think should be included in this podcast, please contact us at our public affairs email address, which is listed in the description.
1: Naval Information Warfare Center Atlantic, also known as NIWIC, is the East Coast branch of the Naval Information Warfare Systems Command within the Department of the Navy. We develop a range of technologies that provide state-of-the-art capabilities to the United States military.